Welcome back to Voices at Play, an actual play podcast focused on games by marginalized creators played by marginalized people. Today, playing with me, we have Cass. Hi, I'm Cass. My pronouns are she or they. I will be playing Zari. Their pronouns are they, them, and their familiar is Raz the Raccoon. You can find me at Twitter on CassKDesigns. And we also have Peridot. Hi, I'm Peridot. My pronouns are they, them. I'll be playing as Mira and their familiar Freya. Their pronouns are they, them, both of them. You can find me on Twitter at Tune Elemental, and that's Tune is in cartoon. And I'm Chelsea. My pronouns are she, her, and sometimes they. And you can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Bites. And I'll be your host and game master. Today we'll be playing Familiars of Terra by Elizabeth of Angry Hamster Publishing. Familiars of Terra is a unique card-based tabletop RPG centered around the Seekers and their animal companions, following their calling and pursuing their destiny, for better or worse. So without further delay, let's get back into it. You're both in the tavern, you have put on your best smile, and you have given Borath uh, lovely compliments. Uh, would you like to ask Borath anything? He's grinning across, uh, he's just kind of got his arms crossed and he's kind of grinning at you. He seems pretty confident, uh, that he's gonna get what he wants. Do you know what that is, is the question. Yeah, so I think that's what Ziri wants to sort of angle for by saying, um, you know, if we work together, this will turn out best for all of us. So... Oh, you're oh you're trying to kind of you're trying to kind of you know butter it out of them just be like oh what's well you want I want that too yes okay so I'm gonna actually have you uh draw for wit okay oh I needed a ten or less and I got a jack Whew. well it's I don't think that's really like a, it's not something that's just gonna you know pull him off as aggressive, you know? But he's definitely gonna look and be like, eh, that's for me and uh, the person in charge to talk about. You don't have to worry about that. I know what you seekers were were sent here to do. You're here to save and, you know, liberate and blah, blah, blah because of the goodness in your heart. And what are you really gonna do for these people? Just watch as they lose everything they love. But I... The way you say that, it sounds like you don't care about helping them. You care about helping yourself. Oh, I definitely care about helping these people. Because in the end, they're going to help me. And he actually starts to kind of look at both of you. And he kind of, you know, notices that you guys are kind of decked out. He's like, what mission were you guys sent on here? Where are you from? You look like you're from Fendair. And you... Oh, you're a local, I can tell. I've been at this for many years now. I can see a local when I when I set my eyes on him. Hmm. Now, this is where I get confused, because the town asked us for help, but you just appeared. How did you know the rot was spreading? Well, when you spend time in the dirt, you get to know it really well. As I said, I've been around Rotha for quite some time. I've mapped out the corruption, and I know who's going to need help when they need it. Hmm. You don't see me asking about your methods. I don't like the sound of your motives, friend. 
Wait, you don't sound you don't like the sound of our motives? No. <laughs> motives. We're all just doing what we can. You don't have to like them. <sighs> I just sort of like stare, like very very plastered on fake smile, staring at him. Oh, well, well it kind of uh, rubs him a little the wrong way. And he's like, "Well, if you're done wasting my time, I'm going to talk to the person in charge." And he starts to walk off. Is there anything that you want to say after him? Do you really think they're going to want your help when they've already enlisted Seekers to do this job? Oh, well, when they see that the Seekers have failed to uh, deliver, they'll come running to me. Mm. So he goes back, uh, Borath, and he says, uh, he yells out to the crowd, Don't worry, when you're at your lowest, we'll be here. And don't worry, we will be back. And they ride off. Out of the town. You're sure they haven't gone far, though. <sighs> you both noticed that, uh, the grandmother from, uh, yesterday is kind of, uh, staring out from, uh, from a tree. Just from, like, a like, the library or whatnot. Let's call it the library, uh, tree. And she's kind of standing in the doorway and she watches this man, uh, ride off. And you can see, like, the disgust in her eyes. And she just, you know, just observing this. I turn to Mira and say, I see two ways forward. We can go back into the, the Badlands and try and solve this. Or if we think that Borath is part of it, maybe we can see how he and his people talk away from town. Hmm. I do like the sound of that. Hmm. Um, I would like to know what uh what they're up to um we do have a job i think we should uh not spend too much time on this riffraff if we don't have to but i think he's a good place to start agreed i think so considering how big his boar is i don't think it'd be too hard to like follow the tracks to maybe where they're camping and i think maybe approaching sort of stealthy and hiding to see if you can hear what they talk about or you uh start to head out of the town to follow the uh, the band of, you know, liberators, as they call themselves. But the grandmother calls to you, and she says, Where do you think you're going? What do you do? I think I would just call back, uh, Grandmother, we're going to finish the job we were brought out here for. Well, how do you plan to do that? By stalking a group of thugs? She can clearly see what you're up to. Come here. I mean, I'll, I'll approach if, if Ziri seems uh, willing to as well. I think uh, I sigh pretty impatiently. And under my breath, Tamira say, let's make this fast. And walk towards the grandmother. So y'all head over. And she beckons you inside to the library. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous inside. The... The uh, wood has been carved out into shelves, and there's a uh, large table in the center. And as far as the tree goes up, there's shelves of books going even further. And, uh, of course, there are ladders and things, and there are windows carved out, and it's just very nicely lit. And you see the old man that was uh, talking with her yesterday. And she says... You won't find anything chasing over that old brute, Barath. 
I've heard of his kind, even though these young fools don't know anything about him. When you listen hard enough to the trees, you know danger when you see it. Not many know of Barath, but he used to be a seeker. Then he threw away all of his training and started to go and do things that uh, benefited him. So I've heard through the vines that he has been putting towns into debt, helping them with their problems and dealing with the corruption when he may slay uh, or deal with a lesion or two and not actually solve the problem. He is only looking for power. He wants no... He's not going to bring any good to Micah. And she kind of studies y'all's faces to see what you think of this information. I mean, I didn't expect him to. Okay. She appreciates that sentiment. She nods in a in agreement. I think Ziri kind of sighs and, and says, Well, if we want to address the problem itself, what do you know of lesions? She, uh, she closes her eyes and thought... And then she turns to the old man and nods. And then she looks at both of you. And she says, This is a well-kept secret amongst us elders here in Micah. But as we are too frail to travel, we are entrusting this to you, the seekers that we called upon. The great leader that we once followed back those centuries ago we know where his spirit remains. Mm. As you weigh the gravity of this, uh, what she just said, she kind of, uh, she, you know, she studies both of you. And she kind of wants you to understand how, uh, you know, serious this is. There is a tree near a lake nork, uh, nork, north of Micah, and that was the great leader's home tree. Something must have happened to it for all of these atrocious creatures to be roaming across our land so closely after all of these centuries. I think that something happened, and I need someone to go and investigate, to see if something happened to his tree. That makes sense. I think that's as good a place to start as any. She nods. I think so as well. Well, we think so as well. She shows you a map. And uh, she points you, uh, as you can see, the giant home tree uh, that stands in uh, Micah. You see a lake uh, that flows from the mountains of Ratha out to the ocean. And she points you to almost something like a peninsula. It kind of juts out into the lake. She says you must travel there. And once you hit the... uh, the lake, his tree should be standing there very proudly, very tall. Please, if there's anything that's happened, you must fix it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I look at Mira and kind of just shrug and say, it sounds like the best idea we've heard. I would have told you all. She she kind of looks and she says, I would have told you all earlier, but I couldn't accept the fact that something could have happened. And uh, to be honest... I didn't call for you all here. I don't really trust outsiders. But seeing Barath rearing his ugly head, we really don't have much time. So, if you would please, make this journey. It shouldn't take too long. It should only take about half a day to get there. Certainly. 
And I, I look at Zira, uh, Ziri and uh, sort of motion toward the door like, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I leave. Okay. So she'll give you the map and uh, she'll make sure that you're uh, well prepared for this trip. Um, she does inform you, inform you that the uh, great leader's name was uh, Lyrum. And uh, he has watched over this town for a very long time. He has a very benevolent spirit and he cares very deeply about his residence. And that has, uh, that has even followed him as he transcended to the next plane. So just to give you some info about this uh, spirit you may encounter. So I assume that you all travel and uh, you notice that as you're uh, leaving out of Micah, this area seems almost untouched by the corruption. Sure, you are moving further away from it, but it almost seems uh, more lively. Whereas the city of Micah seems kind of run down, like they're running out of uh, supplies, like they're going to need to you know, hit the next boom really soon. As you move further away uh, towards where she directs you, it grows ever and ever um, more vibrant. You almost feel like you're called in a certain direction, like there's some sort of humming, like a welcoming, vibrant humming. And as the scenery kind of... uh, dissipates from you know wooded area and it kind of opens up to a lakeside you see a large tree that reaches up very nicely to the sky it's very beautiful it looks almost pristine like it was untouched and uh, you look around everything it's very gorgeous of course no spirit in sight but this seems like the tree that the elder has laid out. Um, I definitely want to head it, examine it as closely as I can to, because she said that, it, that something must have happened to it, right? So I think that's the place to start. So there's not much really to uh, see from this side. This is quite a large tree. Um, as you go around, you notice, uncharacteristically for the area, that uh, there's a darkness that has started to spread on the other side of this tree, similar to the corruption that you saw back near the border of the home trees. And as Mira rounds around this tree, it has begun to destroy uh, at least about, I'd say about 30% of it. And it's starting to look, you, you can you can see the ugly, uh, you know, uh, lesion. I mean, the ugly uh, wound revealed. It looks very beautiful from when you come, uh, when you first approach. But as you go around, you see that this tree is actually in dire straits. Huh. Well, that's abnormal. There's not normally, I mean, corruption doesn't normally spread anyway, but there's not normally just patches of it. That's, huh. Just kind of like thinking out loud as I like examine it. Um, I don't know if uh, Ziri's come around the tree with me or anything. I think Ziri wanted to sort of search the rest of the area to see if anything looks out of place or if there's any signs of something happening. Perfect. Uh, draw for awareness, please. 
It is a pass. Awesome. Ooh, what'd you what'd you draw? Uh, barely. It's an eight, and I have a nine. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's good. Uh, you know, it takes you a little while. Uh, it gives you some time to kind of look around to see if there's anything out of place. Everything in the environment looks very pristine, very nice. Uh, but as you observe this uh, tree, you notice that in one of its uh, one of its roots on the backside of it, there is a uh, almost like a piece of. Uh, I'd like to say I, I'm not sure exactly how to describe it to uh, this this image. Almost like there's a piece of uh, metal kind of protruding from this uh, from the root of this tree. Something that looks like it came from the from the war, like the Badlands. And it's uh, stuck in there pretty good. It's a very jagged, almost lightning shaped piece of metal. And it starts to stick out even more as you look at it and as you notice it. It's not very, uh, it's not very large, but it's enough to fit in the size, you know, the palm of your hand. You're not sure how it got there. I mean, shouldn't try to take it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about trying that, but I feel like that's, uh, that must be something that's causing this. Yeah. As you both are, uh, pondering and, and, uh, you get ready, I'm assuming you get ready to take this, uh, piece of metal out. A, uh, a figure appears. I'm assuming y'all are both, uh, kind of huddled over this giant root. A figure appears, uh, in front of the tree, kind of above you both. And this figure is wearing very, very, very elaborate robes, a headpiece. You can see large trees, very stunning, uh, you know, a stunning root system kind of sewn into the fabric. Uh, very, very beautiful garbs. As this figure appears above you both, it stares, and it continues to stare. Were we told the leader's name? I'm trying to remember. Oh, it's uh, Lirum. That's right. Uh, I ask, are you Lirum? This figure turns his head toward you, towards you uh, very quickly. And in an instant, it is right in your face. It observes you. And then it takes some steps back. And it nods its head. We were sent to help you. And I point at um, the thing that's stuck in the root. And say, if we take this out, is that okay? Hmm. Mm. Oh, you're asking if you'll take it out. Oh, and it, uh... With this, uh... The, um, the, uh, oh, excuse me. So, as you can tell, this is Lyrum. And Lyrum gives you a, uh, a longing gaze. And he, uh, closes his eyes. And both of you see visions. And you see that Borath had came. And it looks like, from what, uh, this spirit is showing you, and Borath had rode through and placed this here. And then you also see that this vision has gone through torment because of this. And he also shows you the corruption actually growing uh, stronger from this event. And then he releases you from the vision. 
And he opens his eyes. I'd be willing to put money on that happening about a month ago. I want to try and pull it out. But I'm keeping an eye on Laram to see if he reacts like with pain and I'll stop if anything negative happens. Laram looks at you ever so intently as you uh, get closer to the uh, this metal piece. Now, um, here, let me see if I can, uh, I will have you, uh, I need to figure out how to do checks. <laughs> I would like you to draw for a, um, see, you can't do like fortitude saves, but this is, this isn't like a super difficult task because it's not like a large piece of metal, but it is, it does have corruption on it. So, uh, Let's see if you don't get harmed by this. Draw for me and tell me what you get. Okay, is this might for like pain resistance? Uh, we could we could call this a, a might check, yeah. See, usually I have Raz do all the mighty things, so we're gonna see how this goes. Ooh, I got a one. Pass. Oh, you got a one. I got a one. Excellent. Beautiful. Okay. So with that, yeah, you also pass that uh that corruption check as well. I'll you do it superbly and you pull it out very easily. You see Lyrum visibly relax. He takes in a deep breath, and the tree almost heals instantaneously. As if the rot was not to be there before, it just kind of uh draws back in. Uh I mean draws uh back from whence it came as you pull it out. And uh Lyrum gives you a glance of appreciation and fades away. I look over at Mira and say, I think we need to have another conversation with Borath. I believe you're right. I mean, it seems we've stopped the uh, the issue at its source, so now the uh, main thing to do would be to check with the one who caused it. It'd be good to stop by the town and tell them what we found, just so they know. In case anything happens to us. It takes you a little less time since you know where you're going now, but it does take you almost half a day to get back. So by the time you return to Micah, uh, it's about sundown. And uh, you do see the old woman returning back to her, uh, to where they are uh, holing up for, for the night with her family. Uh, you see just some villagers kind of walking around, uh, making sure that everybody's accounted for, everything's well lit, that um, nothing is out of place or missing. What would you? What are you going to do? The old woman didn't give us a name, did she? No, she did not. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of try to approach her and uh, say, hey, uh, excuse me, can we speak in private? Uh, we have a, maybe an update that you'd be interested in. Oh, yes, of course. And she kind of shoes away her her uh, family. She's like, I'll deal with you later. Um, and she she walks with you and she says, so what did you find? Well, we found a uh, some kind of piece of metal that was jammed inside of uh, inside of Liram's tree. Um, we How also he... saw oh, on. I'm Liram. sorry it cut out for y'all. I can't hear. There we go. So you so you told that you found the metal in the tree. Yeah, and that we saw Lyrum. Mm, mm. Ah, she is a... Uh... And uh, 
well, he showed us a vision of how that got there. And, uh... Oh, really? She is amazed by everything that you're hearing. Because it's almost like a, uh, most uh, people don't get to even see Lyrum, she explains. He's almost like a, a, a myth, even. And she's always believed, though. She's always believed being an elder of the town. So she is very happy to hear that uh, he is still a uh, he is still around. But once she hears about Borath and the uh, corruption, she is very grave. She uh, her face turns very uh, you know uh, reserved, trying to figure out uh, how he even knew about the tree. How could he have known such a thing? He must be dealt with. Yeah, yeah, he must. She thanks you for profusely. She thanks you profusely for uh, helping Lyrum. She says she will report this to the other elders post haste. And uh, she says, don't worry. Do not uh, pursue this oath, Borath. We will send him a message tonight and we will deal with him in the morning. So she offers, you know, for you all to just take a load off. Go ahead, relax. Please uh, enjoy uh, all of, uh, you know, our town's amenities and thank you so much for dealing with uh, their corruption problem. And you'll hear word from her in the morning. All right. So I guess we better get some rest. Sounds like we got a big morning ahead. Yes, you do. You all go in. Go back to the tavern. Have another uh, lovely meal. Everybody's very excited. Uh, not many people know exactly what happened, but they know that there's a different spirit about the town. Things don't feel so dire anymore. Just literally from removing that piece of metal, the whole uh, the whole environment has already changed. Things seem more hopeful. Good. So do you go and you uh, do you go to sleep? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Ziri's seriously contemplating going and finding Borath, but I think probably has, like, I don't know. I imagine Raz maybe feeds them some extra food to sort of distract them and then decides to go to sleep. As the old woman promised, she sends someone to come and fetch you both from the, uh, from the tavern and has you meet uh, her outside the front. I mean, uh, outside at the uh, entrance of the town. When she sees you, she says, Do not worry, we will resolve this once and for all. Wait here with me. And both of you, you wait. And as you look off down the road towards the, uh, you know, down the road, coming towards the town, you see a cloud of dust rise. And Borath has brought more of his men. So it's about six of them now. And as he rides up, he's got a huge grin on his face. He says, so I assume we're here to work out terms. I got your letter last night. He hops off of his boar and he approaches the three of you. The town starts to gather behind you as well. Do we have what was stuck in the tree? Uh, yeah, I did assume that you guys kept it. Unless you specifically wanted to throw it out. No? No, I imagine, uh... I take it out now and sort of hold it up towards him uh, and say, we found 
something you lost. The elder says, enough with your lies. If we see you in this town again, you will have trouble to deal with. Vorath, of course, uh, his face completely wretches up. You know, you kind of uh, threw it in his face there. He wasn't ready for it. And he knows that he can't, uh, he doesn't know how you know that it was him. But he knows he's given himself away with uh, his reaction. He does not have a good poker face. Nope, he does not. <laughs> he's not very intelligent. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Borath says, uh, well, who knows when the next uh, bout of corruption will rise up again? And then where will your seekers be to stop me? And he gives you both a look up and down. And he's kind of uh, sizing you up. He's kind of giving you the, uh, what are you going to do about it, you know, next time face. I think I have like a hand gesture that Raz knows means give the scary face. <laughs> what? I wonder what that would be. Would that be a charm? Let's see if you can uh, scare him. I want to see if you can scare him. Yeah, yeah, intimidating. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, draw for that charm. All right, raccoon, this is your moment to shine. <laughs> Ooh, I got a nine. That's a pass. Hey, excellent. He kind of jumps back a little bit from uh, your, um, from, you know, Raz. Raz gives him a nice little grin, nice little scary grin. It still makes children laugh, you know. They're not so scared of it, but he is. <laughs> he knows what it really means. <laughs> and uh, shows him all his pearly teeth, and he kind of jumps back. And he's uh, he's definitely threatened. And uh, he's kind of weighing whether this is uh, worth pursuing, if it's worth pressing the issue. Um, he says, uh, well... It seems you found the help you need after all. And he gets back on his boar. And he tells his uh, fellow bandoneers that we'll be back, you know, whenever these people need help and their scrawny seekers aren't around. And he gives you and Mira a dirty look. And they ride away. That, uh, uh side note, that interaction could have gone very differently. But Raz uh, <laughs> definitely held their own there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, everyone from the village starts to, you know, say, oh my gosh, what was that all about? And, uh, the elder, the, 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 what you call the grandma, uh, turns around and she says, these seekers have solved all of our problems. The corruption should not spread any further. Please tend to your home trees with any tender love and care. They should be back to their former state in the next season. We have returned peace to Micah. And uh, the grandmother turns to you and she bows her head very deeply. She is very, very grateful. And she says, uh, Borath will be no uh, issue to us any longer. While he knew that the tree protected us, he does not know that Lyrum can protect us from him as well. And uh, every the town is very grateful to y'all. There are cheers, there are claps. They're very happy that you've uh, uncovered the real problem behind this. Um, so I uh, I tell the elder. So um, well, in case he ever tries to come back, uh, I'm going to make sure every 
seeker that I meet on this continent will know of his misdeeds. Um, I don't think he'll be bothering anyone else in Ratha anytime soon. She is very grateful to that. She she is very happy that they are finally on the Seeker's maps again. Okay. Anything else? I just imagine that Roz does a little dance showing off for everybody. <laughs> the bartender has definitely brought out some uh, drinks and uh, snacks for everybody to chew on, so she's definitely just throwing Roz all the snacks <laughs> right now. <laughs> After you have... Uh, gotten your uh, Seeker's Feast from this town and they send you off with a huge farewell. Uh, you all report, or yeah, you all report back in Fendair and you report everything that uh, you encountered and now there will be someone uh, looking for the uh, judge, Borath. And you kind of learn more about him. You learn that he used to be a Seeker and uh, like a uh, like the uh, old woman said, that he just kind of took a selfish turn and he's starting to hold all of these uh, small towns at ransom, basically. Uh, there were people that were going missing and he would uh, ask for large, uh, you know, basically ransoms to have them returned. And uh, if there were any corruption in the area... He would kind of, you know, fight a few lesions, maybe, you know, and expect payment for that and put those towns under his allegiance. So he doesn't have a good rapport. And it's it's only gotten worse now with uh, y'all's encounter with him. So that's all included in your report. And you are uh, given a job well done from the headquarters in Findair. So congratulations on saving the town of Micah. I have a few questions to ask you guys. So, uh, during this, uh, I'll, I'll say adventure, uh, Cass, and, uh, and I'll ask you to answer this after uh, this paradox. Do you feel that you took steps towards your character's calling? I think so. So, my calling, I forgot to introduce in the beginning, is heroism with a focus on compassion. So, I will always help someone in need. Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, you definitely did. You uh, saved a woman's child from a lesion, which is very heroic. And uh, you are also very compassionate because you immediately honed in on the judge, uh, ex you know, holding these people uh, basically uh, at a disadvantage. And uh, Peridot, how did you feel about your character's calling? Um. So my calling is... Uh adventure with an emphasis on bringing hope to people um so yeah i absolutely feel like we brought hope to the people of, of yeah Micah. that's i'm glad i included that because i was like oh yeah they, they definitely feel more hopeful and you were like perfect <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so perfect so both of you uh took steps towards your character's calling and made you more robust in character now uh Cass, did you feel like you fulfilled your promise so my promise was compassion. So my calling was heroism, and my promise was compassion. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I misread I that on my uh, character sheet. I, I kind of mixed them together. Okay, yeah. So you definitely also fulfilled your promise. Uh, same for you, Peridot. Do you yeah, feel that same, you... Yeah, same with Hope. I, w I didn't realize there were two separate questions. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so both of you calling and promise. 
uh, through your through your adventures and uh, through your experiences. Perfect. So uh, now, did you feel that your familiar uh, triumphed triumphed over a particularly difficult foe? I feel like Roz scared off Borath. Mm-hmm, for sure. And uh, interestingly enough, if that if you did not choose to scare him off, uh, and you did a pretty good job of it, if he didn't scare him off successfully, you were definitely going to end up in a fight. So <laughs> that was uh, that was very uh, you know heroic uh, thinking for Roz. So yeah, Roz definitely triumphed. And uh, what do you think, Peridot? Do you think uh, Freya <laughs> triumphed over it? <laughs> <laughs> difficult. Uh, Poor Freya. I think she. Uh, I think she ate an acorn. I think that was pretty cool. There you go. Yeah, Freya. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, she did not. Uh, I think Freya did a particularly good job of of uh, you know keeping the group happy. She, she <laughs> did. Her, they did their job. Yeah. Yeah, they did great. And uh, okay, so um, this one is more for me. It says. Um, when have you felt that you failed a check at a crucial moment, driving your determination not to fail again? I know we uh, had quite a few awareness checks. Did any of you feel like you uh, failed a check? Like, like I know for me, I could probably name out a few that might have changed up the story a bit. I feel like when I failed to convince Borath to like open up to me, like I got him to come to the side. But then, like, when I was trying to convince him to actually, like, tell me something, I completely failed on that. Mm-hmm. Right. It made you feel more determined to not, you know, let's let's not let Borath come through here and just run over all of us. I could see that for sure. And, uh, Peridot, do you feel that you failed some crucial checks uh, specifically to you? Um, and I, uh, I mean, I feel like I failed several checks but i don't think any of them were particularly crucial so i don't think i quite hit that one yeah for you it was mostly just awareness things that kind of you know oh i just happen it was mostly just freya being a goober (laughs) (laughs) well let's ask freya freya's probably not even aware that they were crucial she was just like well i found some things i liked and that's perfect okay and uh Here's this last thing. It says you experience something integra- in, inter- integrally important to who your character or familiar is in a profound way. For example, reuniting with a loved one, discovering a lost memory. Was there anything profound to uh, either of your characters uh, on this adventure? Now, I know that uh, Ziri is a Rothen uh, local. So maybe, you know, seeing... Uh, one of these towns being saved from the corruption might have given her some sort of pride or, you know, that she came through and... I actually think it's more... So we didn't go into... We didn't go into tons of backstory or anything, but part of Ziri's thing is they became a seeker to help people, but also they kind of wanted to become famous because they grew up very overlooked. And I think... And I think actually the more profound moment was seeing Borath and seeing like what happens if you only care about yourself as a seeker. So I think maybe it's more making them step back and question their motives for like, is this something, do they still want to care about being like the most heroic, famous seeker, or is that going to make them end up like Borath? 
Right. That that's very I like the takeaway from that. That's very good. I, I really like that. Okay. And uh Paradot, do you felt like you felt something very profound? Nothing like super, super profound, but I do feel like uh, you know, seeing basically the same thing, seeing how Borath uh changed from being a seeker who cared about other people and compassion and whatnot, um and just wanted to better his own ends. Um I think that would have like at least redoubled their uh their resolve to continue, you know, bringing hope to people and working selflessly and not just doing things that they want to do. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily super profound, but, or life changing, but definitely something that, uh, you know, helps that helps them make sure that they, or helps them know that they're on the right path. Precisely. Yeah, I definitely get that. Okay. So, if you felt any of those, uh, if any of those uh, points that we hit were, uh, you know, like when you took steps towards your calling, your promise, and all those things, you would mark experience for those on your sheet. But since this is a one-shot story with new characters, we will uh, have those noted down. And uh, that was Familiars of Terra. You've been listening to Voices at Play, building a table for everyone. Join us next week for a completely different group of players and a completely new story. If you've enjoyed the game we're playing, and it sounds like it might be a good fit for you, please check the links in the show notes and on our website where you can find a direct route to order a copy for yourself and get playing today. Voices at Play is completely not-for-profit, but it does incur costs. This show is brought directly to you by the generosity and support of listeners like yourself who support us on our Patreon. $1 pledges are the lifeblood that make this project work. So if you're able, please head over to patreon.com forward slash voices at and pledge to join our little community, working to make the tabletop role-playing space a more diverse, vibrant, and inclusive place for all. Until next time, we'll just keep on playing.